expectations. Hello and welcome back, everybody. We have another surprise bonus off-season episode uh, to bring to you this week. Uh, we know we've been promising content on a monthly basis at least, and we're, we're following through on that process um, just in time uh, for this year's NFL draft. Guys, great to see you. Everyone's looking oh. extra handsome today. Wow. Wow. That, uh, that pewter looks really good on you. The coordination here. It's almost like we planned this. It's, it's almost. almost like I sat down and you said, Philly, change of wardrobe. <laughs> Couldn't be me. I don't, oh, I don't know. Couldn't have been me. Out of this, this new Tampa Bay hat with the, the old school pirate ship logo. The yeah, pewter's looking really good on you, by the way. Shameless mm-hmm. plug for 47 brand. If you need, if you yeah. need a hat. Shameless plug. Get that 47 on you. They're having a mystery sale next week. You can go broke like I will. Hold on one second. Oh. I wonder I wonder if we could get like if I have if I have a like a magic wand that I could wave. That four seven brand, baby. Wee. I would want Coors Light to be our two first sponsors. That'd be pretty cool. Four seven and Coors Light. I like uh, we do have some we do have some we have some really exciting news in terms of uh where where we foresee forty seven not forty seven brand where we see the below expectations network going um and we're going to be hopefully releasing some of that information uh to you sooner rather than later i got a cheeky text from uh mauricito today asking mm-hmm. about a, a new social media account that he stumbled across um so uh that's i don't know some some insider information um but this is a special draft episode uh that we're going to talk through um and so keith I'm going to give you the first wow. pick in the NFL, the first pick in the low here. expectations draft. We have breaking news here. The first pick is in with the 2000, a first pick in the 2022 low expectations draft. Keith Chief selects Coral. Coral! 250 pound stud out of the University of West Florida. Ow! Oh, Thank man. you. I'm very, I'm very happy with my pick. I'll be can't wait to sign my five year thirty eight million dollar guarantee deal. I don't think you can do that as a rookie. That's a good math. That's what it sounds like. I don't think that's allowed. I think it's like <laughs> five years twenty five million. I think that's what. I think that's the biggest. Saquon got thirty four fully guaranteed a couple of years ago. He was the third pick. Mm-hmm. Third pick. So. Yeah, I'm just excited to be the uh, the new starting assistant for uh, the Kiefer clan, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. We're really looking forward to bringing Carl on board. He brings just a level of brevity with him. Um, excellent uh, touch of gray. Just a wonderful talent. Beautiful Love human it. being. Uh, just a, a great a great person. A wealth of fantasy knowledge. Um, just a hottie, really. Pretty, pretty aggressively average penis. Just a wonderful person, all wrapped into one. Look at Welcome. that dexterity with his hands. <laughs> Who else do you know that can do that? Not me. <laughs> All right. Well, Keith, you want to run us through what, how tonight's going to work, uh, what, what's going to happen, and uh, kind of what people can expect um, as they're listening along uh, or uh, for our visual learners watching on the, on the YouTube. Yeah. Do you want to do some intros first? Or do you want me to just oh, rob shit. Up? Yeah, I do want to do some intros. Yeah. Formal, buddy. yeah. Um, so for those of you who haven't met me yet, uh, I'm the commish. Yeah, that was, that was underrated. 
Yeah. Um, we're joined by a new and rebranded Keith Chief. I drank a beer. I drank another beer. Three beers. Four beers. Oh no. Five beers. Oh no. Six beers. <laughs> and as always, uh, on the ones and twos, our super producer, Philly. Well, Dick, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence. So we're excited to be here, excited to bring you some exciting draft content. And uh, I'm going to turn it over to Keith to, to walk us through what's going to happen. Absolutely. As you've probably guessed by now, our main man, Ride the Bus, Coral, is our special guest. Second ever, oh! Our second ever two-timer joining our reigning league champion, Austin, um, as our second two-time guest appearance. Carl is here um, because he has been dropping his mock drafts, and he's going to provide expert insight and uh, wonderful commentary on our picks. So with that, uh, today the boys are going to run through a mock draft. Carl has already determined the order, um, and the order will rotate between myself with the first pick, Commission with the second pick, Billy with the third pick, and we will rotate through until we finish the first round. However, um, Carl is going to step in and pick for the Houston Texans at, I believe that's 14, 15? 13. 13. And he will also do his pick for his beloved Pittsburgh Steelers. So each of the guys will get 10 picks. Carl will get two. And you will hear commentary from Carl on just about every pick. So um, if we don't have any questions from the lads, then we will get this started. Uh, with the first pick here. <clears throat> but just just to clarify, I think I read this uh, just so the viewer, the listeners, viewers at home know there's going to be no no trades. Uh, this is just a, a straight mock uh, as if no trades were to happen. Um, we're not necessarily going to have a time limit. So we're hoping to keep this uh, short, sweet to the point, and then give Carl plenty of time for his analysis. Yes, absolutely. So um, this will be a relatively boring mock draft. We're not, we, it's impossible to predict draft day trades. We know they happen. We know they're coming. Um, the Saints, for instance, look poised to try to move up in the draft. But for the sake of, uh, for the sake of continuity here, we're just going to pick with um, whoever has that slot currently. And we'll, we'll provide some insight if we feel like those people might trade out, drop up, drop down. So yeah, um, I will get us started with the first pick. Um, I really, we talked about this before we started the show. I really struggle with this one. I personally don't believe Aiden Hutchinson is the best player in this draft. Um, but I don't, I just don't see the Jaguars not taking Aiden Hutchinson. So personally, um, if I were them, I would, I would probably go with um, Evan Neal. But I see the, I see the Jags drafting Aiden Hutchinson here. So. I'm going to let them uh, let them live out their dreams and draft the guy who everyone believes is the best player in the draft. All right, Aiden Hutchinson, first off the board. Uh, you guys want me to talk now, like every third pick or fourth pick? Whatever you want. I think you can go ahead and do it. Okay, so Aiden Hutchinson is the clear cut, you know, number one that people have go been going with all over the internet. Um, my sources have it between. Icky Aquanu, Aiden Hutchinson, and Trayvon Walker. 
I'm not huge on Trayvon Walker, but the GM is the guy who just loves athletic freaks with long arms. And believe it or not, Aiden Hutchinson doesn't have the longest arms in here. Uh, so Trayvon Walker has been slowly creeping up. But Aiden Hutchinson is just a fantastic pick here and will be a, a starter and possible pro bowler for about 15 years. I would say overall, even though I disagree with it. <laughs> I guess I guess I'm on the clock now, right? Yep, that leaves a uh, commission. Yeah, I think I every everything that I've seen and everything that I've been kind of following along has Aiden Hutchinson falling uh, to the number two spot. Uh, so initially, that's that's who I was going to take at the number two spot. Granted, again, just like Keith, I'm not blown away by him. Um, so with that, I think that the Detroit Lions are going to take, not to get it, again, not that I necessarily agree with it, but I think that they'll probably take Trayvon Walker. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm also not a big fan of Trayvon Walker myself. Um, he's just athletic. He didn't have the stats, the pad, the, the, to deserve a top 10 pick, in my opinion, especially on a defense as good as that. Uh, he was a lot of 1v1s because Deont you know, Deontay Wyatt on the other side, and they just had pass rushes galore, and he just didn't put up his great number. He had six sacks last year in their in their win. So, no, not I'm not that high on him, but, you know, edge rushes are a premium this year. Yeah, I think that's just an important thing to point out. Like, this is a very, very deep draft at edge, O-line, and wide receiver. Like, they're probably going to come off the board pretty frequently, and – this is the meat and potatoes draft. You're not going to get a lot of flash in this draft. You're going to get a lot of guys to stick their hand in the dirt. Yeah. All right, Philly. I love it. Stick stick your hand in the dirt, baby. Um, so there's quite a few guys here that I could see them going for. Um, one that I don't know that I'm going to pick here, uh, but that's, that I really could see them going for is um, Derek Stingley, but for the purposes of our of our draft here, um, and it's also the fact that it's the Houston Texans, I'm going to take what I don't think is the best pick, but what I think they will pick, and that's Kayvon Thibodeau. Kayvon Thibodeau. KT. So, yeah, as you can see here on PFF, it says I need every single position. Kayvon Thibodeau, up until the end of last year, was the consensus number one overall pick for about a year and a half, so... He's, he's got the speed, he's got the skills, he's got the stats. Uh, I actually like him a lot better than Aiden Hudson, but, you know, maybe maybe it's the T.J. Watt effect, you know, white outside linebacker. Yeah, so Aiden a, Hudson gets to go once, so Kayvon gets to bump down to three. This is a guy that I'm actually surprised has been dropping on boards because, I mean, everything he's done is has been impressive. So it's not like he's actually given anybody a reason to drop, but all of a sudden now – everyone views Aiden Hutchinson and even Trayvon Walker as like the clear cut best and second best edge. And I just, I just don't get it. I don't see how you can watch Kayvon Thibodeau in games and say, and say he's not at least at, at the very least, the best edge, if not the best player in this draft. All right, Keith, you're back up. Yep. Um, looking at looking at what we got here, um, you know, you're looking at the position needs for the Jets, wide receiver, linebacker, cornerback. Um, 
Because I, I would say normally I think the Jets would reach on a wide receiver here, but I think they're going to take one at 10. I don't know who's picking uh, which one of us has got the 10 pick. Um, but I, I think I see them going with the best available here. And I mean, it's a position of need for them. I think Derek Stingley is going to, I think the Jets are going to go for Derek Stingley. Um, Pro Football Focus has him as the best available player per our current draft stakes. Um, and it's a position of need for them. I think Derek Stingley is a phenomenal, freakish athlete, a guy who can immediately come in and shut down his half of the field. Um, he was basically the best player, one of the best players in college football as a true freshman, um, which is saying a lot given the fact that he was on that loaded um, LSU team. So I think they're going to go Derek Stingley here. Um, and that's my pick for number four. Really, you know, I give better insight on them than I can. Well, I mean, I mean, what Keith said is is that you know you he had injured in twenty twenty and uh, and then twenty 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 one and uh, both because of his injuries and because of the way that LSU played, there's not much to to show there. But if you go back to his twenty nineteen tape, I mean, he is a lockdown. Um, I mean, the numbers, uh, I was, I used to listen to, um, an LSU podcast that during that season and they would break down his numbers after every game and the, his, his stoppage was insane. I mean, you basically were getting like 20 yards a, a game, um, off of him that wasn't, you know, off of some other flute play, or if, it, if you were assigned one-on-one with him, you could expect about 20 yards a game. So he's, he's an absolutely freak athlete. I honestly think he might go at three, um, I know we talked uh, a while back. Uh, I was hoping that he dropped to twelve. Um, unfortunately, he had a really good uh, pro day, so that's mm-hmm. great for him. It's terrible for me. I was hoping he'd have a off pro day and maybe he'd fall to us, but uh, four might even be too low for him. Three, three might be the spot. Yeah, um, my mock. I was playing off the uh, in fact. It's been two years since he played you know, really elite football. But you look at that elite year and it was it was enough to carry him into a top ten. Well I, I, I mean agree with that. Uh, you look at a Jamar Chase who granted only had a year off, but uh similarly didn't play for a year, um, went at a high position and, and came in and just dominated. So I, th- I think we're at a point now with, with these athletes where if you're good, you're good. It doesn't matter how much time you take off. Um if you're if you've got it, you've got it, and you're you're going to show it when you get on the field. Yeah, and I think I think really the biggest thing before we move on, I think the biggest thing here is context. His elite year was his true freshman season, right. where he was the best player on a national championship defense as a true freshman. Like context matters, and the dude can play. <laughs> yeah. All right, Sam. All right, I think this is an interesting. Uh, the Giants' first pick here is an interesting one. Um, I think good context is that the Giants had like the most expensive wide receiver room in the NFL and scored uh, zero touchdowns. And I don't think that's due to a, a lack of talent at the wide receiver position. Kenny Galladay is a heck of a cast pass catcher. Um, Kadarius, what's Kadavius? Kadarius? Kadarius. Tony, uh, when he's healthy, he's, he's electric. Um, but I think the problem and I think it's noted here on the needs is that the Giants need all the help that they can get at OL uh, on the offensive line. And uh, I think you have two options here, Charles Cross and Evan Neal. Um, every mock draft I've looked at has one of them go on at least one or the other. 
some of them are outliers. Uh, but in this instance, I think the Giants take Evan Neal um, to help uh, kind of anchor down that line. Evan Neal is the guy that uh, I, I told Keith last year, uh, well, during the football season, how much I liked Evan Neal and really hope the Steelers would take him. And then he goes, Carl, he's way too fucking good. He is not going to drop wherever they go. And uh, sure, sure enough, Evan Neal has played every single offensive line position. So whatever the Giants need, he'll be able to fill it on the O-line. Great pick. Thank you. I also I, – I, Evan Neal – to me, Evan Neal and Kevon Thibodeau are the two best players. I could hear arguments for both. Evan Neal has been a stud on the greatest dynasty perhaps in the history of sports um, in, in, at Alabama. Um, has been by far their best lineman. And, yeah, this, this, he's just too damn good. He's 6'8", 340 or something like that. Like, he's a fucking monster. And he's shredded. He's Not just, fat. He is no, shredded. no, he's he's pure muscle. He's a freak athlete. A freak yeah. athlete being. I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't at all surprise me if he goes number one. It really wouldn't. If no, the Jacks something cheeky and they just say no, nah, we we can't pass up on this like future surefire Hall of Fame tackle. The wild thing is Alabama has another guy like this coming next year. Oh yeah, like <laughs> like every year there's a big ass lineman. They're never rebuilding. I, they're just reloading. I think that's the best way to look at Alabama. Yeah. As much as I hate it. Uh, for the Panthers. Yeah. So, um, perfect for me living here in, in Carolina. So, it's funny. I, I interviewed somebody today to serve on the young alumni chapter for, for UNC Charlotte. And he's a Panthers fan. And so, we started talking about the draft. And I told him we were doing a mock draft tonight. And so we actually talked about the Panthers pick. So I'm I, this is actually perfect. This is probably the one I'm most researched on. Uh, my difficulty here, and maybe I'll defer to y'all to see what, what our thought would be. Uh, should I pick the person I think they're going to pick in the draft or the person they would pick at this position? Because I think this is, to me, the first trade we see. Um, I If I'm the Panthers, I trade out of this position um, because I think that they really want to go quarterback. Um, if you want to go quarterback, I think you trade out of here, get some draft capital, and push back to I mean, you almost back to 15 and still probably get the guy that you want. Um, now, it's whether there's a willing trade partner there. That's, that's one. Um, two, I don't know that there's anybody really worth trading up for and losing draft capital in this draft. Um, so that impacts that. What I'll say, I also personally think Matt Rule is going to be fired by the middle of next season. So, uh, do you really want to bet the farm on a quarterback that Matt Rule likes uh, when you could just wait a year and get a quarterback that your new head coach likes? All that to say, they should go with Icky. Um, so, I'm going to say Icky. Icky. Uh, right. However, I would not be surprised if they took. Kitty Pickett, at, even at six. He got small hands, though. <laughs> so, uh, I, I agree wholeheartedly they should not be picking Kenny Pickett. Uh, I, don't, I really don't like a lot of quarterbacks going high in this draft, but quarterbacks always reach for. Uh, Iki Aquanu, he had, was ranked as the best run blocker two of the last three seasons from PFF grades. 
So you're talking about a guy named Christian McCaffrey about to get opened up on either the left or the right side, wherever they stick him, and he's going to throw everybody to the dirt, and he's going to go back to MVP caliber if they run behind him. Yeah, I got I got two thoughts here on on this pick. Number one, I agree with uh, you, Philly. I think they're going to trade out of this pick, um, and I think I think the Saints are a willing trade partner. I don't believe the Saints are invested in Jameis long term. And I think they may be willing to move up, perhaps to take a Malik Willis, um, who is probably the quarterback with the highest upside, even though at six, I, that is a tremendous reach. Um, but specifically with the pick you went with here, um, I've, I've seen him play the Hurricanes each of the last two seasons. Miami's ended up winning both games, but not because he was not dominating us. Um, this He is just a freakishly good player. I could see him being the first offensive lineman off the board. Um, even though I speak so highly of Evan Neal, um, I think I think if you're not going to go quarterback here, you have to go with Icky. Okay, Keith, you're back up. Yeah. Um, so looking looking back at what we've seen so far here, I think the the Giants, at least in our mock draft, have have addressed one of their needs here. The other two that are listed on Pro Football Focus are edge and linebacker. Um, I think this is, I think this is one where they could do a lot of different things that that I think would surprise some people. I could see them going with Kyle Hamilton, who I think is just who is poised to be a generationally great safety. Um, I could see them going wide receiver to try to help out uh, Daniel Jones. Um, it's it's really it's a unique timing for the Giants because they have one week to decide whether or not they want to pick up his fifth year option. And so if you're picking up his fifth-year option and giving him basically guaranteeing him two extra seasons, then it makes sense to invest in it makes sense to invest in him. And so with that in mind, I think they're going to pick up his option. I think the Giants are going to pick up Daniel Jones's option. And I think in doing so, they are going to try to get him um, some some help with weapons. And I think they're going to go with Jamison Williams here. I think we see our first. Um, wide receiver come off the board. Um, Jamison Williams, just a, a freakish athlete, blazing speed, excellent route runner, great hands, um, and an instant day one impact guy. I think he could come in and immediately step in and have a Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase type impact, um, especially with us projecting the Giants to take Evan Neal. You sure up your offensive line, you get Daniel Jones, um, a really good weapon. Yeah, I, uh, I I agree. You took words out of my mouth. He's a blazer, and uh, he'll be back, I believe, sometime mid-season. I think week eight or nine is his projected return uh, from his ACL tear. And uh, when, once he comes back and he really gets into that offense, I think there's going to be something dangerous up there uh, as long as Daniel Jones can stay upright. All right. righty. Samuel. This is an interesting one. Um it's interesting looking at the needs that they don't have wide receiver listed because I think that's probably one of the, the positions uh, that the Falcons are in need of most because, like, their depth chart pulled up. But, like, these guys are not wide receivers that you would necessarily think of as wide receiver one, wide receiver two. I've seen some mock drafts have the Falcons taken – uh, Malik Willis uh, at, at this pick. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, 
I think they're honestly going to go um, – I think they're going to take a wide receiver, and I think it's going to be Drake London from USC. Drake London. Okay. All right, so definitely not a burner by any means, but dude's got reach. He's got jumps. He's everything but extremely fast, which is something they need. He's a he's a tight end that can move a little bit quicker, has a little bit better hips, uh, but he's got one of the surest hands in this draft by far, and uh, I think he's gonna he's gonna do great there. Marcus Mario's gonna be able to just kind of throw it up and uh, let him come down with it. I like this pick a lot, actually. Okay, Filster for Austin Anderson Seahawks. Oh, sorry, Austin. Just like you, you're owed one of those. Uh, it's just been a it's been a rough off season for you. Um, th- this is another one, um, and this is going to be the difficulty here. And um, I think we were probably really good what one through five. I think this is probably where our mock draft falls apart. Is uh, <laughs> without doing trades, um, you know, it's it's going to be kind of difficult to accurately predict this because realistically. Um, if Kenny Pickett does go at six, then I think either the Falcons or the Seahawks take Malik Willis. Um, and that starts us just like it does in a fantasy draft that starts the quarterback race. Um, and at least those two go, you know, earlier than they probably deserve to or need to. Um, but there's, there's one guy that I think it's kind of fallen down the list here as we, as we've talked, um, that I, I think could be a good, a good spot here. Uh, I'm I'm really tempted to go Sauce Gardner. I just think he's a flashy guy. Um, he kind of fits in with that that Seattle uh, a Seattle lifestyle. Uh, if I was a, if I was playing safe, I'd probably take Charles Cross. Um, but I just I feel like they're going to go Ahmad Gardner. I think they're going to go Sauce Gardner, and that fits that kind of Pete Carroll Seattle edge that they've they kind of always had. All right, yeah, so they just re-signed uh, Quandre Diggs. They have Jamal Adams, so they got the two safeties on lock, and now they need the corners to come back and to try to recreate that Legion of Boom. And Ahmad Gardner and Derek Stingley, a lot of people have close, one have one or the other, uh, depending on what you like more. Ahmad Gardner's a little bit more physical. Uh, Derek Stingley has the physical abilities, but is a lot more wiry, a lot more able to move and twist. Uh, but Gardner was locked down, locked down in Cincinnati. Uh, it was amazing to watch him. Just no one could throw towards him. Uh, just like Derek Stingley's rookie year or his freshman year, I guess is what you guys call it in college. So big fan of this pick. Uh, I was afraid you were going to go Kyle Hamilton. And I'd be like, no, I already got two safeties. So <laughs> good pick up there. Anybody else? No, we're good. We're good. Okay. Love it. Keith. Yeah. So um, back with the Jets again. Um, we saw uh, Kevon Thibodeau go with their, their fourth pick here. I think they're going to go wide receiver here. Um, personally, in my own personal draft, I have them taking Drake London. I just don't – I don't see um, – with all the needs that the Falcons have, I just don't see them going after wide receiver, um, even though I don't necessarily hate that pick. I just don't see it happening. Um, so with Drake London off the board, I still think they're going to go offense, try to get um, Zach Wilson some help here. Um, and I think they're going to go with Garrett Wilson. I think we're going to see a Wilson to Wilson connection here. Um, Garrett Wilson 
has already been called the probably the best route runner in this draft. And he typically, when you have guys that are just great route runners, they're not typically the fastest guys. And he blew that stereotype out of the water, ran like, a, was it sub 4-3 or right at 4-3? Um, so he's got incredible speed, um, incredibly sharp routes, great hands. I think he's the type of connection that you can build um, around Zach Wilson, and that can be you know one of the league's best connections for years to come if, uh, if they can both take the steps they need to develop. So I got the Jets taking Garrett Wilson here. Uh, Garrett Wilson is a uh, – he's my second favorite wide receiver. I'm a huge fan of Jameson Williams, particularly because of his – uh, abilities that we all saw at Alabama. Uh, Garrett Wilson, he's six foot. He ran a four three eight, is what I have here. So six foot four three eight speed. And what was his vertical? His thirty six inch vertical. So the dude is just a straight athlete, and he's he's got him. Drake London have the best hands in this draft. So in fact, you have best hands. He can run four three eight. He can jump out of the gym, and he's the best route runner. He should be the first wide receiver off the board, but still going in the top 10. 100% agree. Zach Wilson's getting just a monster here at wide receiver at 10. Okay, and we got Sam. All right. Another one I don't necessarily – I mean, I agree with some of the needs of the, the Washington commanders here, but I think, I think their secondary is what needs the most help. Um, and this is a player we've talked about who everyone has been surprised that – they're falling this far uh, out of the top uh, out. I mean, haven't been drafted in the top 10. Um, and I think that that player is Kyle Hamilton, obviously coming back from a knee injury, but I think this is the player with the most upside uh, in this draft class and, and would really make an instant impact uh, for a team that desperately needs help in their secondary. So obviously, you know, I'm, I'm a Notre Dame fan, six foot four, 220. The, the man is a brick house running around there in center field. He didn't run very well, which is the only reason why he's dropped out of the top 10. He ran a 4.59 at the combine. Uh, but at the end of the day, how many safeties start with a hand in the dirt, you know, to start the play? You know, he'll walk around a little bit, see what's going on, then he's just going to go out a bullet. Um, so I think he plays a lot faster than, than he uh, tested for. And he has a 38-inch vertical, so he's everything you need in center field. I think it's a great pickup for the commanders because in the NFC East, you're starting to really load up on their offenses. Yeah. I just, I want to say about Kyle Hamilton. I think he's, I, I, it surprises me that many people have him falling this far, but I mean, even in our draft here, um, I, I can, I see why um, based on what everyone else is doing. Um, Kyle Hamilton, he's just, he's a freak athlete. I watched um, a couple Notre Dame games this year, but specifically I watched the, um, Florida State Notre Dame game and Florida State is terrible but Kyle Hamilton was everywhere and a player that he's not getting compared to very much which is, which really surprises me is Sean Taylor he's got that size that combination of size and speed at 6'4 220 230 Sean Taylor was like 6'3 230 Sean Taylor was a bit of a better athlete but he they just played so much faster he was like shot out of a cannon he could guard every – he could defend every position, basically, and I think Kyle Hamilton's that type of player. Yeah, the NFL uh, has the NFL comparison to Cam Chancellor for an NFL.com. Which also makes sense, you know, big yeah. physical. 
Okay. And we got, let's see, the Vikings. Who should pick for the Vikings, you think? Uh, I guess we'll give it to oh. Philly. <laughs> uh, I don't even want to do it. Um, okay. So uh, there's, there's a lot of ways I think we could go here. Um, obviously, in the back of my mind, I'm still really hopeful that Derek Singley falls to us. I don't think he's going to. Um, knowing that he's not going to, I think there's probably three people that we go after. Um, and it's really just going to be whether we go for for need, for potential future need, or for maybe the best remaining player uh, available. So my, my, my choices here would be either Trent McDuffie, Fills the need at cornerback that we that we desperately need. Um, maybe the maybe the biggest athlete we've ever seen come through the NFL, and Jordan Davis. Uh, he's still on the board, and while we don't necessarily need him, it's it's kind of one of those things. Do you ha- do you skip on that guy? If you got a three hundred and sixty pound guy that can run a sub four five forty, or what is it? What did he run? He was like, uh, Jordan Davis, yeah, I'm pulling him up now. He ran like 478. Yeah, 478. He's 360 pounds. It's just stupid. <laughs> and then uh, the other piece that I um, I think has kind of been looked over is that um, I could see us going wide receiver. Uh, there's a lot of wide receiver talent in this draft. Uh, Adam Thielen is getting up there in age. I love him, but um, he's not going to be around forever. So those are uh, my my kind of thoughts and on picks. I think we likely go Trent McDuffie to short corner. Um, he's a, he's a solid, solid corner. Um, and we need the help. Uh, that's one of our, our kind of lacking positions where we don't have a lot of depth. Um, we have depth on the line. We have some depth, of wide receiver. So I go Trent McDuffie. All right. Trent McDuffie, 5'11", 193, ran a four, four, four. I love it when they run that. <laughs> Uh, so the NFL comparison is Jair Alexander. Uh, I, I can kind of see it. I mean, Jair was what a second round pick, wasn't he? Or a late first whenever he came through, uh, he's on the smaller side, uh, but he's very physical. You know, I hate, it's not the same position, but Bruce Jones drew small, but he was a freaking bowling ball and just bucked into people. And that's something that Trent McDuffie's great at. He's great at the line. He's great on the press. And, um, with Pat Pete getting old, 100% 100% agree. They need a cornerback. And this guy comes in, learns from one of the best to ever do it in Patrick Peterson. And uh, I think he's going to have a nice long career. Okay. So next up is the Texans, the 13th pick, uh, which yours truly is going to go ahead and take. And uh, they, they need every position. I'm going to make this easy. I'm just going to go ahead and take Charles Cross off the board. Hold on. Make sure hold on. Do they take him the first? To Kayvon, okay. Make sure they didn't take a tackle. So they have Kayvon Thibodeau, so they got on the other side. They're going to get two guys to play in the front line, Charles Cross and Kayvon Thibodeau. All right, Keith? Yeah, looking at the Ravens here, the the, the stated needs are defensive line and cornerback. Um, I Personally, I could see them going offensive line here. I could see them maybe reaching for – um, a wide receiver to try to get some additional um, playmakers for Lamar Jackson. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead. I think this is where we see Jordan Davis come off the board. 
Um, he's just a, a freakish generational athlete. It fills a need for them. Um, and again, it's just, we've already sung his, um, Philly's already sung his praises. It's just, he's, he might be too good to pass up on at this position. And I mean, I wouldn't even be surprised if he came off the board earlier, but, um, they need some D line help. I see him as a guy who can anchor their interior D line and make them, just an absolute menace to try to run the ball on. So Baltimore Ravens, Jordan Davis. So Jordan Davis, 6'6", 341. Like I said earlier, ran a 4.78. It takes me that long just to get off the couch. And uh, had a 32-inch vertical jump. I mean, this dude is a straight-up athlete. NFL comparisons to Haloti Nada. Uh, so they the Ravens brought back Calais Campbell for another year. So he's going to learn behind another – Great, just like Trent McDuffie's going to get Pat Pete. Jordan Davis going to get Calais Campbell, one of the best run stoppers in the history of the league. And uh, I think that's what mainly they're going to want to use him for, is just to stop that run. And the AFC North is starting to is starting to beef up. And uh, this ought to be good. I think this is a great pick for the Ravens. All right, the Philadelphia Eagles. Commissioner, you're on the clock. Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, because the Howie Roseman hates drafting linebackers in the first round, um, mm-hmm. and obviously that's one of their needs. Uh, there's lots of lots of pieces that you could look at. I've seen a lot of mock drafts of Jamison Williams fall so 15. The Eagles take uh, a wide receiver there. I've seen Garrett Wilson's name come across. I've seen Chris Olave's name come across, um, and it could make sense if they decide to move on from Jalen Rager. Uh, something to, to pair nicely with uh, for Devonta Smith. Um, so I don't know. It's uh, it's one of those ones that that uh, I'm not I'm not necessarily sure what's going to happen. I think a lot of it's going to uh, depend on what happens around them. Uh, I could also see the Eagles trading uh, because Howie Roseman loves acquiring uh, draft assets, and we still have another first round pick, so he could potentially trade back in the draft. Uh, if it comes to that, um, but I'm going to, I'm going to be optimistic, uh, in this. And I, I think that, uh, we're going to draft from the university of Utah, Devin Lloyd. I've heard the same things, Sam, that, uh, how he hates drafting linebackers in the first round, yes. but it's a need that is just an, it's so glaring that it's almost impossible to ignore. Mm-hmm. And uh, so their their defensive line is pretty set. I mean, you guys just got Hassan Reddick signed. You have Josh Sweat. You got Fletcher Cox. You still got Derek Barnett. Like, you guys are set on the front line. You need the second level to be able to stop those runs. And Devin Lloyd is that guy. Devin Lloyd is a thumper, and he'll be able to get anything done you need as a linebacker position. And uh, sorry, Gino, I know this is your number one pick. He does not fall to the Patriots. Okay, next up, we have Filster. All right. Well, um, I don't think the Saints will be here. I think this is actually where the Panthers will be. Um, I, well, I think the Panthers will either have a trade partner in the Jets, um, who may move up to take Jamison Williams um, at the the sixth position and the Panthers trade back to ten. Or uh, Panthers trade back to 16, um, and the Saints go up to six. If the Saints are still at six, uh, or 
either way, really. Um, I agree with Keith. I don't think that they are sold on uh, either of their quarterbacks, although they just signed two. <laughs> so they're going to be in a little bit of trouble. Um, but I think they go Malik Willis here. Oh, Malik Willis. Okay. So we all know. Taken right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the first quarterback off the board. And uh, I, that's, I don't think that's a surprise to to anybody that uh, Malik Willis is going to be the first one off the board. Uh, he, I mean, he got compared to freaking Michael Vick, and I think I was just insane. I don't think he's nearly that good. Um, he's, he's a project, but he has the highest ceiling uh, of all quarterbacks we have. And uh, the NFL comparison to him is Jay Cutler's arm and Jalen Hurts' body and play style. I think, so, I think if you draft Kenny Pickett, you're getting Andy Dalton. Who they I agree, have. Andy Dalton, Kirk Cousins, game manager, throw it, you know, set, you know, 65, 70% accuracy. Yeah. Straight up game manager. And uh, people don't want game managers anymore. They want to sell tickets. Malik Wills is the guy that's going to sell the tickets. And uh, the question is, is he going to be accurate? Because he's got the arm for days. But can he actually hit the passes that you need him to hit? And I guess we'll find out. All right, Keith. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm just updating my draft here. Um, yeah, looking at the uh, looking at the Chargers here, stated needs are wide receiver, tackle, and corner. Um, I I could see them doing a lot. Um, I'm pretty sure that they brought back Mike Williams, um, or re-signed Mike Williams, or extended him maybe. Mm-hmm. But. You're you can easily see them doubling down here and going for another pass catcher. You still got, um, you know, one of those other Ohio State studs, Chris Olave, on the board. Um, Sky Moore is another guy who's shooting up some draft boards. Um, I personally think George Pickens is probably the next best um, of that group. But um, yeah, I, looking at their stated needs here, I'm going to say that I'm going to say they go offensive line. They really try to shore up that offensive line, get another stud opposite um, Rashawn Slater. And so I'm going to have them taking Bernard Raymond here out of Central Michigan. Bernard Raymond. Let's see if I if he's what I, who I think he is. I believe he's one of the elder statesmen in the draft this year. I believe he's 24, 25, something like that. Uh, they compared him to Sebastian Vollmer. Uh, I don't know how many of you remember him. I'm pretty sure he was a Raider. 6'6", uh, <laughs> 303. Uh, he's a he's a tackle through and through. Will not, cannot play guard all that well. Uh, did thirty reps on the bench press, so he's got a little bit of strength, not too much. Um, he's a very agile tackle, agile tackler, tackle, and uh, I think that he'll work well opposite of Rashawn Slater. Rashawn Slater was a stud uh, that they really nailed last year, and Bernard Raymond should be able to slide right in and help bookend them tackles. All right, Kamish, who's Philly's second pick? Oh, geez. Um, so this is another one I, I I really hope – I don't know. I think there's a lot of wide receiver talent this year's draft. Uh, um, but I hope the Eagles don't take a wide receiver uh, at, at the 18. Um, whoever, whoever you think the Saints are going to take, that's who the Eagles should take. Right. Um, so I think what's going to happen here with this one, um, you brought up uh, the defensive line, which I think uh, has been kind of – 
the the philosophy for the Eagles for year having a strong front four uh, is going to uh, make the rest of the defense uh, easier to to use and uh, makes makes passing the ball a lot harder, obviously, and running the ball. Um, but you have Fletcher Cox, who's getting older. You have Brandon Graham, who's also getting older. Uh, you have Derek Barnett, who has been, kind of been a disappointment, um, all things considered. Um, so I, I think they're going to take an edge uh, from here. I think that there's going to be uh, two potential players that they go. I think one is the one that you're kind of hovering over right now is Jermaine Johnson, uh, the second. But I think the pick that they're going to do if he's on the board is going to be George Karloftis from Purdue, uh, right up the road for me in West Lafayette. Your pick is George? Yep. Okay. He's fallen down the draft boards. He's come up the draft boards. This guy's a freaking yo-yo. He had a really good career in Purdue. He's shown that he has the ability to get to the passer fairly easily. And uh, I'm, I'm surprised that he falls as hard, especially when it comes to edge in this class. And the fact that four or five go off the board so quickly. Uh, but George Karloftis, some people actually have him going in the top 10. Uh, I think he's right. He's comfortable right there at 18. Uh, it was either that or going to be 21 to the Patriots. I, I like him there. Uh, but George Karloftis is a great player. And I, I like this pick a lot. Um, he'll be able to really – solidify that edge rush that they have going on there in case they don't want to pick up Derek Barnett's fifth-year option. All right, Filster. All right. Um, this is, a, I think, a, a pretty uh, open and shut case for them, particularly if they take Malik Willis. Um, with their first pick, I think they go Chris Olave here. Um, if, he, if he's available... Um, I think he's the best. He's the best on the, on the board. With Sky Moore being a close second, um, the the Mac puts out some sick ass uh, wide receiver talent. Um, they are cons- if you look back, they're consistently putting out good wide receivers. So I uh, I think Sky Moore will be will be great, but I think they go Chris Olave. Now, Chris Olave, uh, big fan. He's uh, he's shorter than Garrett Wilson. He's just as fast, a little bit faster, but. They got about the same speed. He's not as good of a route runner, and um, but he'll be able to learn from Michael Thomas, assuming Michael Thomas is still there to teach him. Uh, who knows what's going on in that front? But Chris Olave is going to be great. He's going to really open up that offense. Jameis loves throwing the ball down the field because Malik is going to sit behind Jameis for a year uh, while he learns. And then, like I said, Malik's got a cannon. No one's going to overthrow Chris Olave. He ought to have a really good career with the Saints. Okay, Pittsburgh Steelers, number 20. So this fell. Who's picking this one? God, this I wouldn't let one of you cretins pick this for me. We'll get Morgan. She'll be she'll be good for this one. <laughs> <laughs> if she takes the top one right here, I won't be mad. So uh the the way this fell, I'm very big fan of Tyler Linderbaum and Andrew Booth Jr. Those are the two I'm looking at right now. Lewis sign. I, I put him in the second mock draft, but I'd much rather have Andrew Booth because uh, we just re-signed Terrell Edmonds. Tyler, Tyler Linderbaum is a center we need. We just got Garrett Garrett Cole, not the pitcher. We got somebody from the Vikings who is a center guard, and he's supposed to be our new center. I'm not a huge fan of him. I think Tyler Linderbaum comes right in, immediately starts dominating the offensive line with his leadership and uh, gets Mitchell Trubisky, someone who can hand on the ball effectively under center, because I have a feeling we'll be doing a lot of under center stuff. So Tyler Linderbaum to the Steelers. 
Yeah, I really like that pick. Um, Carl and I have spoken at length about Tyler Linderbaum. Um, we both kind of hope that they fall to uh, both of our teams, Steelers and Bucks. Uh, great pick here. I, I think he's probably that kind of second tier of linemen after those uh, three main tackles, uh, Icky, Neal, and Cross. But with uh, looking at the Patriots here, um, I, I can see the Patriots really going a lot of different directions here. Um, I, I, I could honestly see um, people being apprehensive about Jamison Williams' uh, injury and him falling. Um, I think regardless, the Patriots are going to go wide receiver here. Um, I think if I think if Chris Olave happens to be here, um, they're probably going to go with him. Um, I'm not so high on Sky Moore, and maybe that's because I remember another very hyped Mich uh, Western Michigan wide receiver named Corey Davis, um, who has been an absolute dud in the NFL. Um, so I'm not so high on Sky Moore. I and in, even even if I wasn't biased against Western Michigan wide receivers, I do believe that George Pickens. Um, is the better wide receiver here. So I think the Patriots are going to go wide receiver, um, get um, get Mac Jones some help, really shore up their weapons on the offensive side of the ball. I'm going to have them taking George Pickens here. All right, George Pickens. I'm trying to find him on my big board here. He's falling. I was really hoping he would fall into the Steelers in the second round, believe it or not. Wow, he's not even in the top 50 on the NFL's thing. Uh, I don't have much to say about George Pickens. I don't have too much knowledge on him, um, unfortunately. So whatever Keith says, going to have to ride with you guys. My, my reasoning here, uh, George Pickens, he's another Drake London type body. He's a big body, big physical guy. Um, he's not quite as bulky as Drake London, um, but he's got great speed. He's got great hands. He's a downfield threat. Um, he is a guy who can – who will who will win 90% of those 50-50 balls um, just by virtue of his athleticism and size. I think he's the perfect type of receiver for Mac Jones, a guy who needs to get more comfortable throwing the ball downfield. You get a George Pickens type player. Um, like Philly said with uh, Chris Olave, you're not going to overthrow him. Um, I don't think that Mac Jones has the arm to overthrow him anyway, but um, but yeah, I think, I think this is just a good pick here. He's a big physical freakish athlete. Um, and I think he'd be perfect where, what the Patriots want to do. Yep. Six, three, ran a four, four, seven to 33 inch vert. Okay. All right. Commission. All right. I think this pick becomes the, is this the year the, the, the Packers draft a skilled player in the first round? Um, and if they don't, so help actually, you know what? Aaron Rodgers got his bag. I don't think he cares. Um, at this point, my guy's getting what 45 million, 50 million a year. Um, he doesn't care, but Too much I do, money for one Super Bowl, right? Right. I, but I do think that the Packers are going to draft a skills player at this position. Um, and I think it's going to be a similar player to George Pickens, um, maybe a little bit more athletic in uh, Traylon Burks from the University of Arkansas. Wupig Sui. I like that pick. And I, but I also would love to see them not draft wide receiver and just see Packers fans melt down for like 24 hours. That would be very high on my list. 
Yeah, I, I too would love to see that. They don't. Have, uh, I'm they not going to lie, but my hatred for this year. So my hatred for Aaron Rodgers runs deep, just as I know it does for uh, Kiefer as well. Fuck Aaron Rodgers. Does anybody here like Aaron Rodgers? No. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> uh, Philly. Yeah, I'm, I'm going back and forth on this. Um, you know, the the Cardinals lost Chandler Jones in free agency. Um, and I think that's a big part of it, uh, of, of what they're going to do here. Um, you know, I don't. I think they might want to go guard. Um, obviously, on this list, the next one up is Zion Johnson, um, and maybe a Kenyon Green. I I just don't think that the talent is there for them to. I feel like it's a little bit of a reach, even at twenty two or twenty three. I think it's a little bit of a reach for them to go with the, kind of the remaining guards. Um, so, I think there's a chance. Um, however slight it is that Karloff just falls to them uh, in, in real life. And that's who they take uh, with him not being there here. I think you've got to go with the best available. Um, and to me, that's Devonte Wyatt. Um, just, uh, just another explosive uh, athlete. Um, and uh, he, he, I just think he brings a, a, an edge to that group and, and kind of gives them that identity back on defense that they lose with Chandler Jones. So. So Devontae Wyatt has been moving down the draft boards. He is 24. That is why uh, people are afraid he's already too old um, to really get anything out of him after his first contract. Uh, he's 6'3", 304, ran a 477. There is some sort of water over there in Georgia that the big boys, they got feet. Uh, Devontae Wyatt, he also didn't put up that great in numbers uh, while playing for Georgia. Um, he didn't even have 10 total sacks his entire career, I don't believe. And um, he, 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 just like Jordan Davis, is a run stopper. He doesn't get to the quarterback all that well, but he can shed blocks. And uh, that is something that the Cardinals do need because um, they still have J.J. So he'll be able to learn behind J.J. J.J. is going to show him the tricks on how to swim. And uh, this should be good to go. Doesn't bode well for Kyler Murray, who's banging the drum for something to happen on offense. But. I think it's a great. Okay, he just clear his Instagram again, and everyone will know he's upset. <laughs> yes, because that's the mature thing people are doing these days. For sure. I also just to your one, one point though that uh, uh, in general about the age, well, one we're going to be in a year where there's going to be a lot of uh, kind of older than normal by a year or two draft eligible folks because of COVID and the extra year that they got because of that we're probably going to see that for the next maybe even a couple of years, um, but. I think the league is moving to, um, and you're seeing it particularly with wide receivers. I think the league is moving to a a, um, a reliance on drafting or having young players, and um, not really having a huge intention of re-signing them if they become really good. Um, I, you're seeing less and less teams re-sign uh, their top players, particularly at wide receiver. But I think this is another instance where um, edge rushers, uh, interior defensive linemen are not a dime a dozen, but there's a lot of big boys nowadays. 
Um, and there's a lot of guys that you can kind of fill gaps with. And so I, I think it's going to be interesting to see over the next couple of years um, how many folks get drafted with the intention of we're just going to ride you out for the rookie contract. And then if you get good, we'll use you for draft capital later. Um, I think we're going to see a wave of that coming in the next couple of years. I, I do agree with that assessment. Uh, is it Keith? Keefster? Is it me? Yeah, man. Oh, it is me. Yeah, um, I, I think I think Dallas. They have they obviously have needs on offensive line and defensive line. I could see them um, investing here in the O line. I think uh, Dallas is going to go best available. They hit they struck gold last year with their linebacker pick and Micah Parsons. Um, I think Nicobe Dean is uh, a player similar to Michael Parsons that is just a menace all over the field. He's a he's another. Um, really good athlete, really smart player. I remember watching the Georgia-Michigan game, and he was. it felt like he was literally in every play um, all over the field. It didn't matter what direction the ball went, whether if it went away from him, he had the closing speed to make it up. So I think they're going to go N'Kobe Dean here, best available player um, in our mock, but also a position of need um, and really gives them you know, an anchor in, the, uh, in that second level. I agree. Nicobe Dean and Devin Lloyd are, are pretty much tied uh, for the tie, for the best linebacker in here. Uh, the NFL comparison for Nicobe Dean is Devin Bush. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, he's 5'11", 229, and he's a sideline to sideline. Uh, Devin Lloyd is a much better run block, run stopper, but sideline to sideline, straight speed, Nicobe Dean does beat Devin Lloyd out. And uh, him partnered with Micah Parsons, they're going to be dangerous on that second level for sure. Great pick. All right, Kamish. All right. So um, looking at this pick, again, I don't necessarily agree with the uh, the needs here. Um, I think the biggest need for the Buffalo Bills this year is going to be the the cornerback position. Um, they they lost uh, Levi Wallace to uh, I think he went to the Steelers right right mm-hmm. Carl um, and uh, it was Tredavious White he's still coming back from an ACL injury um, so I think there are three picks uh, three cornerbacks at least uh, that that they, the Bills could go with one uh, who's already off the board Trent McDuffie uh, two uh, Andrew Booth Jr. out of Clemson and three. Is it Kair Elam out of Florida? Um, all three would be great fits for this Buffalo defense. However, the one that I think uh, that the, the Bills will ultimately go with is Andrew Bruce Jr. out of Clemson. Big fan of Andrew Booth Jr. Um, he's that big physical corner. Uh, Kair Elam is more of a slot corner. Uh, he can play both, but he specializes in the slot aspect. Uh, but Andrew Booth, is a was very dominant in Clemson. He had a really down year last year coming off of an injury, uh, but he he would be in a top 15 pick if he wasn't injured a year ago, and he just looked a little sluggish this year on a, on a not-so-great Clemson team. Uh, so I think the, the Bills find, find gold, find diamonds here late in the draft with Andrew Booth, Jr. Uh, all right, Philster, Tennessee Titans. Yeah, um, I'm interested about this. The Titans, it says on here the Titans have wide receiver need. Um, I'm wondering if it's just depth related because they signed Robert Woods, correct? 
or they they traded for Robert Woods. I think Robert Woods is on the Titans. Um, and so if you've got Robert Woods at one end and um, AJ Brown at the other, uh, I know Keith has a love hate relationship with AJ Brown, but um, I just can't see them investing. Uh, you're on, you're on mute, but I love you too. I don't think I was muted. Oh, you weren't. We couldn't hear you. Anyway, uh, AJ Brown and I resolved our differences. He kept me out of Waffle House. Okay, so you guys are good. Um, so with that being said, I I I think they go with Zion Johnson here, fill the guard spot, um, shore up the offensive line, uh, give King Henry a little bit more breathing room, um, and m- maybe maybe this is the final piece of the puzzle to help them get over the hump. Uh, yeah, Mike Mike Vrabel uh, is an inside-out kind of guy. He he lo- he believes that winning football games starts on the line, and Zion Johnson is uh, probably one of, one of the best interior linemen. Tim and Tyler Linderbaum are pretty much tied, not counting Evan Neal, who can kick inside, then he would be the best of all. Uh, but Zion Johnson is going to immediately plug in. He's immediately going to start ramming people. He's a great run blocker. He's exactly what they need. The fact that he, fe- that he fell to the Titans – this is probably his dream scenario. It was either him or Jermaine Johnson. If he gets either, he's going home happy. All right. The Tampa Bay Socketeers. Mm, someone sounds salty. Um, mm. Yeah, so Carl and I were talking about this the other day. He uh, he solicited my opinion for um, for his mock draft. I appreciated that. Um, I, I What I shared with him is I could see them going in a couple different directions. Um, offensively, we could really use another starter quality offensive lineman. Um, Gronk is still a little bit, uh, a little bit uncertain. I think he's going to play. I think he's going to play as long as Tom Brady plays. Um, but I could see them potentially reaching for a tight end spot or reaching for a tight end here, or even trading down, getting some extra draft capital and taking, um, a tight end earlier in the second round. Um, but, uh, the, the, the main picks that I gave here, um, tra- the main picks that I suggested were Trevor Penning, Travis Jones, and uh, Jalen Petrie. Um, I-, I think I think the Bucks are going to end up going offensive line here. We had some turnover. Um, we lost uh, we lost um, Ali Marpet to retirement, and then we lost um, Ryan Jensen, I think, to free agency, or that might be vice versa. Um, but one of them went to Cincinnati, the other one retired. Um, we were able to get Shaq Mason in for, uh, via trade, which I think is a great pickup. Um, we have Tristan Wirfs, who's going to anchor our offensive line for the next 10 years, uh, most likely. So I see us going offensive line here. Tyler Smith is the best available, um, but I think um, I think we're going to go with Trevor Penning here. Um, I think he's a very raw talent. He's unrefined. Um, he's got the size to play tackle. He's got the athleticism, the footwork. Um, to kick inside and uh, play guard. Um, so I, I see us going Trevor Penning here, ensuring um, up our offensive line and making sure that we're set there um, as this is likely for real Tom Brady's last season, if, if not in the NFL, at least with Tampa Bay. Yeah, I'm, I mean, you said everything you need to say about Trevor Penning. He meant 6'7", 325, and ran a 4.89. NFL comparison is John Runyon Sr., and Riley Reef, uh, almost the wrong Riley. <laughs> uh, no, he's gonna he's gonna plug in really well uh, there, and he has a. 
I've heard that he's had a little bit of anger issues if someone talks some mad shit, but I mean, so did MJ. So what are you going to do? All right. Who's on the Packers? I believe it is. Yeah, I think, uh, I think this one, I'm going to stay true to the needs here. Uh, so we already took care of the wide receiver need. Um, and for the Packers, I think there are uh, two, two players that stick out to me. Um, one is Kenyon Green. Uh, I don't remember where that is he from. Uh, he is Texas A&M. Texas A&M. And the other one uh, is Tyler Smith out of uh, Tulsa. Uh, Tyler Smith is uh, really young. He's only a redshirt sophomore, um, but I think he has one of the, the highest ceilings, uh, and I think that's who the Packers are going to take. Um, I think uh, they like what they see there. He plays nasty, and uh, that's kind of what they want to go with. So I think the Packers take Tyler Smith, Tulsa. Uh, great choice. They have David Bakhtiar on the left side. Tyler Smith's going to be able to bookend them really well. He's a power man. He's a power run blocker. Uh, so Aaron Jones is going to, and A.J. Dillon going to have plenty of room to be able to run out there. Um, it's something that they desperately need on that offensive line to make sure they keep their old, 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 decrepit quarterback who's an asshole up and upright. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a great pick for the jackasses. All right. Philster. Point out, I love Charles' completely impartial analysis of the Packers. <laughs> It's a, it's a great pick. It's exactly what the Packers impartial. need. Exactly what the Packers need, which makes me hate it. <laughs> so um, uh, the Vikings GM uh, said today or yesterday at some point, um, he commented on, you know, um, the Vikings old way of doing things was to have a ton of draft picks. Um, and like ha- like having 50 draft, 15 draft picks was was what we wanted every year, but he mentioned, uh, you know, what, what good is a bunch of seventh round picks um, when they could be first round picks. So I could see the Vikings making moves to trade up into one of these two spots from the chiefs. Um, So I just want to say that to, to throw that out there. I do think the chiefs Um, are going to move one of these. I I agree with you on that. Yeah. It may may not be the Vikings. I I doubt the chiefs uh, just, just these picks back to back. I mean, Sure, it's nice, but um, they could probably get a little bit more and probably still get one of the guys they're looking at uh, if they trade it back, even just in the beginning of the second round. With that being said, um, I mean, the obvious answer here is to go wide receiver. Um, you know, I, I think you lose somebody like Tyree Kill and you've got to, you've got to replace them. Um, they signed some some high uh, some safeties. Um, Dion Bush and it's the guy from the Texans um, in replace of Tyron Matthew, but you also can't replace Tyron Matthew. So I could see them going Lewis sign here. Um, I could also see them going with Elam from Florida, um, but I think that they're going to go uh, wide receiver before they trade out of the first round. Um, who that's going to be up for debate. I like, mm, let me say, I think Sky Moore is good. I don't know that he's the person that's going to fit best in that offense. Um, I actually like someone like Christian Watson um, out of uh, North Dakota State. Um, he's he's a big guy. Um, 
he's had some drops, but also uh, Jamar Chase apparently didn't know how to catch a football at the beginning of training camp last year, and we see how that worked out for him. So um, I think somebody like them uh, or John Mechie um, would be uh, would be someone I would imagine, but I'm going to go with Christian Watson here. I agree they're going to go wide receiver. I, I think they're actually going to go with um... – I think they're actually going to end up going with, uh, oh, my God, I just had him right in front of me. John Dotson? John Dotson, yeah. Yeah, uh, that was my that was my other, other choice. But... He would have been an athlete to pass up, and I think he could almost seamlessly fill that Tyreek Hill-sized void. He would obviously take some development, um, but I think he blends everything um, perfectly for them. Yeah, I think Mechie's another guy that, that's similar to that. Um, that you know, he's Mechie's a really good route runner, um, and has that kind of explosiveness. Um, so yeah, he's obviously coming off an ACL tear, which is the um, the probably the big concern for him, but yeah, yeah. Christian Watson, six foot four, 208. NFL comparison is Don Trail Inman. Raise your hand if you remember him, played for the Chargers. <laughs> oh, long uh, <laughs> Man's got speed. We all saw it four, three, six. Uh, he's who, also who got is, hops. Are, are you making these comparisons? Me? No, this is NFL.com. I have NFL.com on my side over here. What, what old head is at NFL.com <laughs> being like, I'll see if the youngins get this reference? I mean, you should know. I, I made a comparison to a guy named Riley Reef, and I've never heard of that man before in my life. So. Yeah, I, I know exactly who Riley Reef is because he's. It was an absolute liability for us for like five years for the Vikings. Yeah, four, he ran a four three six, thirty eight and a half inch vertical. Uh, yeah, vertical jump. Um, according to this, he can't run a route. He literally could run straight. That is his entire route tree. He has no route tree. So he's uh, DK so Metcalf. Yeah, so they're going to have their work cut out for him. Um, but that's not saying. I mean, that's exactly what Tyreek Hill was. He was literally up and go. Uh, the difference is he. This guy's six foot four. So he gets to go in the first round. My Tyreek Hill went to the fifth. And Kiefer, your last pick, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. So I I agree um, and I disagree with Philly. I agree with Philly. They're gonna they're probably gonna go wide receiver here. I agree that they're probably gonna trade the other pick away and get some draft capital middle or later. Um, I disagree with who they're gonna take at wide receiver. Uh, but in the spirit of our ground rules here. Um, I'm going to address their other big need here. Um, I'm going to actually go Travis Jones. I think he's a really good interior defensive lineman. Um, I think he gives them, um, I think he gives them a key force in the middle. I think the other option here is go Kyir Elam. Um, as much as I hate giving Florida players credit, Kyir Elam is the real deal. Um, and I think, I, I, I honestly, I don't think he's going to fall this far in the draft as we have him falling, but. I'm going to have them taking Travis Jones here. I think it's a bigger need for them um, to shore up that interior. The big reason that they were able to make as much of a push um, late in the season as they were is because their defense got decidedly better. Um, they made the trade with the Steelers for Melvin Ingram, brought him in, and he played very well. Um, so I think they bring in Travis Jones, shore up their defensive line, um, and, yeah, they, they set themselves up pretty nicely on defense. Yep, Travis Jones and Chris Jones are going to be playing right next to each other. Uh, Chris Jones can, is more of a get after the passer. Uh, 
Travis Jones is he's a run block. He's a he's a run stopper straight up. Uh, according to this profile, he he will not win on pass rushes. That's not what he does. He gap controls. He pushes the lineman to the side. He wants to stop. And uh, he's very good at it. Six four, three twenty five. His NFL comparison is Jonathan Hankins. So there, there's that. I was going to use Casey Hampton. I don't know if you guys remember him, but he also could not win off the block. He was straight up. I'm going to hold the lineman where he is and push him to the gap that I want him to close up. I know Casey Hampton. Yeah, he'll he'll get two. Travis Jones will get two sacks a year, uh, but he's going to stop the run especially on third and fourth down on close range. That's what he's going to be known for. That's what he's going to do. And she should be very good at it. Okay. And we got the commish for the Bengals on his last pick. Um, we already had Tyler Lindebaum off the board, right? Yes, sir. Then the other player, funny enough, I was considering was Travis Jones as well for the uh, for the Bengals, they spent a lot of money this offseason kind of shoring up their their offensive line. Um, and I thought that Travis Jones would probably have been a, a great pick to, to kind of fill some holes on the defense. Uh, with that being said, I think this is a player that Kiefer actually just mentioned uh, who probably should have gone a lot, a lot earlier um, on in the draft. But I think it's going to be Kair Elam. Um, he has a lot of – he has some work to do, needs to get a little bit more physical. Um, but I think that he'll be a great pick for the Bengals and kind of really make their secondary uh, one to be feared. Yep, Kyrie Elam is a great player. He, like I said, he's he's a a very good slot corner. Uh, they will be able to throw him in uh, as a as a true number two. Uh, he's not really a number one uh, right now, but he's he's going to be one of the better slot ones. So him and Mike Hilton will keep that those insides really uh, really well. Okay, and finally, last but not least, the prime trade-in uh, area for the fifth-year option for quarterbacks, the Detroit Lions for Philly. And we still got a lot of great players on the board here. There's so many great players, and, and even, like, I think Elam could still be here after after that pick. Um, not that they need him necessarily, but um, Elam uh, – no, sorry, not Elam. The Bengals, uh, they don't pick again, I don't think, until the end of the second round. And, uh, the, you know, what was the talk of last draft? Uh, why didn't they draft a lineman instead of a wide receiver? Um, and Joe took a lot of hits. Um, uh, and arguably, if he had a little bit more time in the Super Bowl, they win it. So I could see, I could really see them going um, guard here, Kenyon Green, um, being, a, being a prime example. Uh, I'm, I'm always going to be a little bit of a homer on um, – just guys from the SEC, um, whether or not they're always going to pan out to be to be good. Um, I'm, I'm always going to be a little bit of a homer there. Um, but with that being said, uh, I don't see the Lions trading out of this. Um, I, I know it's it's prime to come back into the second into the first round, and maybe this is an, an enticing offer. Um, I just don't think there's anybody as dumb as the Lions, and particularly <laughs> dumb enough to waste enough picks to come back in at 32. Um, so I just don't think there's anybody really worth worth fighting over at that point. Uh, and it being the Lions, um, I think they're going to make a, not necessarily a bad decision, um, but not the decision that most people would make. Um, I think they're going to go quarterback here. 
Um, I don't think that they believe in Jared Goff. Um, and I think they're going to go um, – maybe this is giving them a little bit too much credit. <laughs> the person that hates the Lions or just feels that the Lions are a joke would say they go with Kenny Pickett. Um, but I think they go Desmond Ritter. Um, I think he's of the guys remaining uh, down to Matt Coral maybe is the um, is the guy that is probably the most likely to be able to produce something for them. Um, he's had a good career at Cincinnati. I don't know that Cincinnati's played the toughest competition, but Sam Howell can't throw the ball. He can just make moves with his feet, which is fine. Um, and Kenny Pickett. Um, it's a pretty accomplished passer, but uh, like we talked about earlier, it's kind of a it's got Ryan Tannehill vibes. Desmond Ritter could give you a Patrick Mahomes uh, outcome. Will he? I don't know, but he could, and I think that's what the the Lions will bank on, and they'll take Desmond Ritter at thirty two. Okay, Desmond Ritter, uh, number thirty two, will be a quarterback. The question is, who's either going to trade in or the Lions do it? Um, it's almost a guarantee at this point. Uh, when I first started looking into these mock drafts and into the college prospects a few months ago, I was not a fan of Desmond Ritter. Ask Kiefer. I texted him. I said, I, we're going to go with Desmond Ritter. I freaking hate it. Um, the more and more I looked at his tape and, and I read what he can do and I see what he can do. He's 6'3", 211, ran a 4'5", The NFL comparison is Alex Smith. So... For some reason, the NFL does not like to draft quarterbacks based off of their win percentage in college, which I, it makes sense because there's so many good aspects to it. It's kind of like a quarterback for Alabama. Like, they're going to lose three games their entire career. But this guy was played for Cincinnati, right? And it was a, a medium-level program that he really uh, took under his wing and made it good. And he's, he's accurate. He's quick. Uh, I would pick him over Kenny Pickett. I hate Kenny Pickett with a burning, itching passion, so I agree with this pick, and uh, I'm good with it. I'm, I'm good with this. Uh, the, only, the only thing in this entire mock draft that I can't believe no one drafted was Jermaine Johnson. The fact that he even slipped out of the top ten I thought was insane, and you guys don't even have him going at all. Because so that's quite interesting. Up. I brought him up, so – Give me, <laughs> just, give me just a little bit of credit. <laughs> I, I, for, for the record, I do believe Jermaine Johnson is going to be a first-round pick. Um, he's an absolute monster. Um, I just wrapping up our our last pick here. I I agree with Philly. I don't think I don't think they're going to trade out of this pick. I think that, and I think they're going to take a quarterback. I think they're going to take Sam Howell, um, be, mostly because I think. Kenny Pickett's going to be off the board. Malik Willis is going to be off the board. Um, even though we don't have Kenny Pickett off the board here, I think he's going to be. I think the Saints are probably going to trade up and try to grab him. Um, I think with the 32nd pick, it's a very low-pressure pick for a quarterback, and it's a pretty decent spot where, you, like, if you're taken at the 32nd pick, like, there's some expectations. There's not much expectations. Plus, if you're being taken by the Lions, that some expectations is <laughs> – Friends and low expectations level low. <laughs> I think this is actually a pretty good situation for Sam Howell where um, he could get picked up, um, play for a team with pretty low expectations of their quarterback at a pick that's pretty low expectations. I think Sam Howell is actually pretty darn good. Um, I've seen him play 
uh, very frequently, and obviously I've seen him um, never lose a game to Miami. Um, so I, I think I think he's a pretty decent quarterback, and I think if you're going to keep your 32nd pick and he's there, you'll probably go Sam Howell. I also think just in general with this draft, talking about Jermaine Johnson and um, and all that, I, I think one through 10 is, you. I think there's maybe some reaches. I think like a Drake London's a little bit of a reach. Uh, but I think for the most part, our, our 10 uh, is, is probably similar to where, maybe not the exact positions, but I think there's 10 to 12 guys that we can expect from the top 10. After that, you might as well just pick a name out of a hat. I think there's so much volatility. Um, the the level, uh, the, I think there's a, a, I wouldn't say a lot of fall off, but I would say that the next 30 guys after the, the top 10 best players are all relatively equal. I don't think one's going to be graded way above somebody else. And so really, it really comes down to need. It comes down to what how the trades work out. But I, I do think like, 10 through 32, I could just any of these guys we put here and some of the guys we didn't pick, I could see them going. We could flip this whole thing on its head. I, I think uh, it's going to be really interesting to see the, the 10 through 32 is going to be the most interesting part of the draft to me. I agree. Top top 10, I think uh, there's one extra receiver here than, than will be taken. Uh, but I think this this is a fairly accurate for at least first 12 picks because Definitely Vikings are in their corner here. They don't. It's almost impossible they don't. So yeah, you guys did. A, you guys did a great job. Absolutely. Hand yourself a round yes. of applause. Yeah. Wow. We got the we got the coral cosign. <laughs> oh wow. What would you grade this draft, Coral? Um, I, I would probably give this draft that a B plus A minus, so, somewhere in that range. Uh, the Jermaine Johnson really killed you guys uh to be honest i thought he should have went to the the patriots here but because they just got Devonte parker um so george pickens wasn't exactly a huge need at the time especially because he loved they love their tight ends there um but i can see it that you know that's okay uh the giants and jameson williams uh they kind of need someone to be there for the first half of the year uh but because i was expecting ahmad gardner to be there because the the defensive coach uh, for the Giants is a man corner kind of guy. And uh, Amon Gardner, and since Derek Stingley was off the board, Amon Gardner would have been perfect there. Uh, Derek Stingley, is, this is the highest I've ever seen him go. I don't doubt he goes here. <laughs> you know, he he, he really is a, a solid player. So, yeah, B plus, A minus. Good job, guys. Well, we get to be proved right or wrong in – Less than 48 hours. So, oh, hey, uh, Philly, is that, uh, Philly, is that Andy behind you? That is Anderson. Who, yeah. who does she have? Who does she have going in the uh, number one overall? Anderson, who do you think is going to go number one overall in the NFL draft? You don't know? Just say a name. She has no idea. She's been she's been crunching numbers and she just can't figure it out. Same. Anderson, do you think it's gonna be Aiden Hutchinson? Just, I don't know. What about uh Kayvon Thibodeau? Yeah. What about Derek Stingley? He played at LSU. 
nothing. She just doesn't want defense, man. She just doesn't listen, hey, offense. listen. She, she keeps her cards close to the chest. Okay. <laughs> she's not so giving bad. her strategy up. I can't blame her. She's done so many of these mock drafts. She's like full on Stephen Strange. She's seen every possible outcome here. <laughs> yeah. She knows. The she, right knows. she knows what's happening. You can't tell us because it would. You know, mess up the timeline and it would ruin everything. So, right. I, I applaud you. Great, great work, Andy. She, she's she's a she's a trooper. You know, she's just she's over here. Just you know. Right. Okay. I don't want I don't want to say grinding, it, but I think I think that she's call source. When Carl says my sources, I think it's her. Do you know she's the one who gave me Riley Reese's name straight up? Well, <laughs> I'm proud of her. She just stays up late because the grind don't stop. She's crunching mock drafts right now. <laughs> she's just she's just she's just resting her eyes for a few minutes. She's gonna be back behind her computer here in no time. Yeah, she's actually just waiting on me to leave so, I, so she can hop on this computer and get to work. <laughs> I let you borrow the computer. <laughs> About to drop version fifteen of her mock draft on her blog. <laughs> I'm like Anderson, can I can I do a mock draft tonight? She's like, it's gonna suck, but yeah, you can. <laughs> Oh. oh man all right fellas well i think that was a pretty uh pretty successful draft uh we'll be uh posting our i think carl you you comfortable posting the picture tomorrow at some point i guess the wednesday the 27th um, uh yeah the, the download i just did yeah yeah just so people can see it for their own reference and uh and i'll be i'll be printing it out and uh, and drawing little check marks and x's next to our taking, picks to taking some uh taking some bets on uh start taking some bets on who people think are actually going to get drawn there so uh awesome great great to connect with the fellas carl yeah. thanks for being an awesome awesome analyst for us this love week. you love you carl. appreciate having you thanks guys i appreciate it keith we still on for a, a zoom draft yeah thursday yeah yeah i just have to make sure what time it is i'll probably be uh i'll probably be like just getting home as it starts yeah it starts at seven my time so six year time. So really thirty, right? Seven thirty after all the yeah. intros and crap. Just getting home. But yes, we are on. I'll send you a I'll send you a cheeky link. All right. Fantastic. All right, fellas. All right, boys. And you know how we do it. Keep your keep your expectations low and your standards lower. And we'll we'll see you all in the next episode.